Courtside Indiana podcast is brought to you by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs from Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndyBasketball.com. Also, Box Out Sports, the best sports graphics platform. Built for speed and control with your organization in mind. Try it now for free at BoxOutSports.com. Welcome to episode 37 of Courtside Indiana Podcast. And as always, Jim Reamer joined by Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week? Uh, good week. Cases kind of spiking up here. Hospitals getting full. It's our you know, COVID that, update. The COVID update again. Yep. Got some, uh, a lot of yard work done this week. Flowers raked, or if not the flowers, leaves raked up. Gutters cleaned out again. So cruising into winter here. Yeah, we ever get through the COVID stuff. This you know, this will be the time we talk about, you know, kids and softballs playing, playing sports and yep, yep. how many naps I took this week. So I didn't <laughs> have to worry about the fall league and just sort of getting ready for the school season and, and uh, things of that nature. But uh, yeah, good. Well, it's, yeah, it's not good. I mean, as far as the COVID stuff, some of that stuff's a little concerning we're, we're not getting hit as hard. I mean, we're getting more numbers down here. Um, but Again, Holcomb has focused most of it on capacity, hospital capacity. So certainly other parts of the state that maybe even more rural areas are feeling it in a way that some of us were going through it, you know, back in back in the spring. So but, yeah, there's definitely more cases, but it's not really changing any behaviors, at least where I'm living. Um, yeah, definitely. Not I mean, either. I wear my mask and, you know, a lot of people my area are masking up as they go in and out of buildings but it's the sitting around and eating and i mean as much as i will watch i'll go to dinner tonight and watch sunday night football you know bar side or if some friends join me we might get it you know we'll get a table and we'll kind of keep to ourselves but you know there's still probably going to be a couple dozen people in there so not completely isolating but we're, we're right. trying hard to be social distance and yep wear a mask when we're not sitting down eating and talking to each other. So uh, as always get us up to date on the recruiting and then we're going to have a little discussion about what the Mr. Basketball race might look like this upcoming season. Yeah. Okay. So Mason Brooks was pretty busy this week. North Putnam mm -hmm. kid, uh, Lincoln Christian Concordia and William Jessup all offered. Um, Flynn Carlson. I found one from a little while back, got a Franklin offer. He's up here. Valparaiso victory Christian. Yep. Sawyer, Sawyer Yoder from Central Noble got a Lakeland offer. And uh, then Braden Smith broke into the MAC offer here and got a Toledo offer. That's his third D1. Yeah, Braden with the, the first of what will be many clearly, clearly mid-major offers. I don't know where Montana sits on that side of it. I still think IUPUI is viewed as a low major just because the conference. Well, they're moving up into the Horizon League, so – God, where are they on that transition? That's probably been. I mean, they're they're probably a low in mid or or a high in low. But yeah. but ball or but the MAC is clearly a mid major. And and up until the time they added a ton of football schools or a ton of extra schools because of football, they were off and on a multi bid league. So, um, Braden Smith, that's that's a great offer for him. The the Brooks offers, and I suppose if people are listening to this podcast. 
know the difference between what NAIA is and, and Division Three is as far as financial aid, as far as scholarships goes. He, he pulled in three NAIA offers this week. And, you know, those are three scholarship opportunities. And and it's not like D1 where it's, it has to be full, but it is uh, certainly something nice you can pull, even if maybe you, they're, you know, they're coming from out of state. Definitely. And I'm not fully sure where those schools are. Concordia is relatively close, right? Yeah, that's up in Michigan. Yeah. The other two, I kind of looked them up as we were added to the database, but now I've forgotten them. So, <laughs> uh, And Carlson, if you've not seen him play, is pretty skilled for a six seven kid. Yeah, tons of length. Yep, good shooter. Thin. But he, he'd have a chance to be a pretty good four. At you know at a at a uh, you know at a NAIA or D three level. Yeah, definitely. And I don't you know I don't know enough about him. Mean, I've seen him play. He plays in the fall league down here, and I see him a little bit in the summers. But he is, uh, I think, his body frame kind of puts him at that level. But then, you know, if you look at him and think you can put weight on him, his skill, his, the way he shoots the ball at six seven, you know, I don't know if he's done growing or not, but the way he shoots the ball at six seven is. You know, it's definitely an asset for him. So, yeah, he'll put the ball on the floor a little bit too. So, yeah, could be interesting at the next level. Yeah, and that that comes and goes with the athleticism that he's up against, you know. And but you know, again, the fall league, he's you know playing against guys down here, and I and I know that he's played up there at the fall league that they had up at Northwest Indiana. Yeah, don't know what kind of success they had. They typically the group they play with has done well down here and but they had with injuries and a little bit of a COVID scare I don't really know if it was any specific player if it was con- maybe some contact tracing but they weren't able to finish the final week of the league just being cautious so but he he'll go out and show you really the things he does well with his range and he does put the ball on the floor, but then you'll see some of the quickness that that there is that there is down here, at least league wise, league wide. That is uh, that gives him some trouble. So, sure, you know Richard Book Brooks and Fuda, uh, you know those two especially do pretty well with it, and uh, you know. But as far as him and Tomei, you know Tomei does really well with it, but he's just so strong. And I think Carlson is just his body type. He doesn't absorb contact as much. But, but man, you put him in a situation when he's not getting muscled. He's you know that that skill really shines through, and it's something that will shine through at the next level as he gets stronger. So that's my best at guess on that stuff. So, <laughs> and then the whole not- AI thing happening this week too about giving kids another year eligibility. Oh yeah, tell us about that. I didn't. I didn't see that. I. Yeah. So so basically, everybody's playing a free year. It sounds like to me. Okay. Is what's going on. So, say Kyle Mangus wants to hang around and do another year. That's that's an option for him now. Right. So that that essentially takes scholarships away from incoming freshmen potentially. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate, and it's no different than the Division One level. I mean, the NCAA has decided to do that as well. Right. The schools that 
I mean, there's going to be some schools that will be like, hey, we, we need you to leave <laughs> because they do have people coming in. Right. You know, or they don't want to pass up on somebody that could also be the future or, or an anchor of the program going forward. Uh, but then the, you know, but a kid like Mangus is, is going to have options to play professionally. So whether he wants to put that off a year will be up to him. And I think it'll, it'll be a, a, it'll be a juggling act. It'll be the kids. There'll be kids like him that will want to go play professionally and just get on with their life. And then there'll be guys that may or may not have that option that will want to stay that the schools will not want to stay. Yeah. And it's, it's the same discussion at the uh, division one, division two level, except you'd be hard pressed to be a division one player and not have a chance to play somewhere. I mean, there's so many professional leagues in, in different parts of the world. But, but then I'm also, if I'm Mangus or any of these guys, I'm thinking it's also one more year possibly paying for my school. Yep. yep. And I maybe put it toward a grad degree. And sometimes a school may say, hey, look, we'd love to have you around, but we're not going to have any money for you. You know, there'll be those kids that stay around. Yeah, for sure. And that'll be, I mean, this that'll is, be a tough part with a lot of the smaller schools, too, with the scholarship offers and stuff like that now, <clears throat> money-wise. You know, and this will be the same. This is the same discussion at all levels. It's just fewer guys that are stars at this level will have a chance to play. I'm sorry, fewer guys that aren't stars at this at the NAI level will will have a chance to play professionally. The the Manguses of the world will definitely have a, a chance to play. Yeah. Um but yeah it's still good. It gives them it gives them a choice or gives them a chance and I don't know if there would be will they alter how they handle scholarships? Are they yeah, gonna that'll be the biggest thing too with financials. If, if schools can do it, they'll do it. And I've heard about maybe extending scholarships like that, numbers of scholarships. But are you hearing, because you're, I mean, you do talk to a lot of the NAIA guys. Do you, are you hearing that maybe the NAIA will let them change the max amount of money they can give? <clears throat> yeah, I've heard stuff like that. Definitely. It's just talk right now, obviously. But like I said, smaller schools may not be able to financially do that at right. the same time. Well, so. they can be, it can be subsidized by donations though. I mean, endowments, I mean, donations under the guise of endowments. That's how most of those athletics programs handle it anyway. I say most, I bet many, maybe not most. Am I wrong on that? I mean, I don't even yeah. think I woo. I don't think I woo as a, I don't think I woo as a basketball program is generating enough. Well, maybe they are generating enough money to completely fund their their scholarship money. Right. Yeah. And I, some, some schools let you raise money on your own for the basketball team and others don't, I know in the crossroads yeah. league. So it's, it's basically school by school situations. Yeah. Well, that'd be something to watch. And I mean, you got your, you've got your thumb to the pulse on that a lot more than I do. Did you have you watched any games yet on streaming? Uh, yeah, I've watched a few games streaming. Uh, I will game, Grace game, uh, Huntington, St. Francis yeah. the other night too. Yep. 
I'm going to try and do that this week if there's any games. Yeah. Yeah, Bethel shut down here for a little while, I know. Well, I got a chance to go to a college practice this week, and I'm seriously not going to say which one because they technically weren't allowed to have me in there. And it was, you know, the, the coaching with masks on would be difficult. It's not something that I had to do this this summer. But coaching with masks, they have to do it at practices. Now, I don't know that they'll have to do it during games. I'm sure the assistants will have to wear them when they're on the bench. But I, I, are head coaches wearing masks while they're coaching? With the uh, I've seen some, seen? yeah. Have yeah, they? Okay. Them, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and this, the school that I went and watched, it was a school decision to not for them not to let people in. There's a couple of Division One programs that are going to be letting guys like me in. And I, for me, I just go and take notes just because I try to find drills and teaching points and different ways to do things. I'm not there socializing. Right. So if it's a, if it's a staff that I just have an acquaintance on, it'll be like me waving at him as I walk out the gym. But, but um, some of the places where I know guys pretty well, I probably won't, won't stay just out of respect and just, Hey, thanks for having me. And I don't, I mean, I don't have, you know, I'm not coming in contact with it, at least knowingly. So nobody in my circles had any uh, positive tests recently, six weeks ago, maybe <laughs> definitely, but, but we got through that. So, uh, okay, well, let's let's move on. Mr. We're, we're now getting to the point of the year where we're starting to prepare for the season and we will have basically at least every week we'll have topics leading up into the season. These next three weeks, you know, we're getting geared up for high school basketball. Girls basketball started this week. Uh, Carmel Homestead played uh, Lawrence North. Oh, wait, it was um, Ben Davis played somebody really good in girls basketball and beat them. And I can't remember who it was, but looks like girls basketball is going the way of football. I've also seen some games that have been postponed. Yep. I think that's what's going to happen. We'll have boys basketball. There'll be smaller, much smaller crowds, and some games will, won't. Some games will get rescheduled. Some games won't get played at all, but most of them will. And hopefully, we get through without having to shut anything down again. But what? Um, but but the topic this week we're going to talk about is the, the Mister Basketball race. And, and just two things I want to get off the table before we start. There, there's two misconceptions about this award that I, I like to dispel on usually as it happens each year when the, when the winner is announced. And one is it's an Indianapolis based award. And, and the other is it's somebody always claims they get screwed. <laughs> and now granted the Indianapolis star hosts or sponsors this award. They facilitate how it's, how it's handled. But this is the most democratic process we have in the state in terms of awards. Everything else is either – well, everything else is pretty much given. I mean, there is, some, there is definitely some voting that goes on for the all-star team, and there is some voting that goes on for the junior all-star team, especially the junior all-star team. But the rest of it is, is pretty much appointed as pretty much coaches and, 
you know, getting together and, and putting together, you know, putting together a list or putting together a team. And of course here, the teams actually play, they play games. They're not just lists of all-stars. Right. But it's, it's strictly a vote. And, and this year, I'm not even sure. I mean, we're going to break some of this down geographically, but I'm not even sure that Indianapolis kid will be in the top four or five this year. And there was a 20-some-odd-year stretch where an Indianapolis kid didn't win it. I think it was like 1970. I'd have to go back and look. 1970 to – may have been 29 years. I don't 1970, I don't know. We'll, we'll, when you're talking, I'll go find that list. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, is, is the notion that somebody gets screwed out of winning. Now, we've got a lot of voter fraud talk right now going on <laughs> through, the, through the country, um, thanks to our presidential election. But, you know, there's no voter fraud in Mr. Basketball Boats. And, and if somebody claims they got screwed, that means they think the winner, they're not saying it, but, but they, what they're implying is they think the winner didn't deserve any vote. Because what this is, is I don't know how many people vote for it. Let's say 200. What, what this is, is, is 200 people each voting subjectively and th- thus making the process objective because neither one of those votes rely on anything else other than 200 individual opinions. So if, if Trey Kaufman, let's talk about, you know, one that's going to get obviously going to get votes. If Trey Kaufman gets 98 votes and Caleb first gets 97, um, you know, if somebody in first camps comes out and says, Hey, we got screwed. That means you think 98 guys that voted for Kaufman, didn't vote for the right person. You're saying that Kaufman didn't deserve any vote. And then if Kaufman were to get one less vote versus one more vote, you know, the, the winning person wouldn't care how many votes they got. They would just think, Hey, great. We won. Right. And it's fair and square. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that comes out. It's always, it's rarely the kid and it's rarely the parent. Sometimes it's the parent, but it's always somebody in their corner. That's talking about how they get screwed. And this is garbage. This is, they use other language. No, that I'm not going to use here that I'm not immune to saying away from here, but let's try to keep it a little family friendly, but yes, but it's still, it's still a voting process and it's still a process that, um, you know, they, no one cares about how many votes somebody else gets unless they beat you. And of course we're seeing that in full, full fashion politically in in a ridiculous way. But at the same time, if you're saying someone got screwed, that means you don't think they deserve any votes because the only reason why you care about it is because of the number of votes they got more than you. And it's unfortunate. I've, I've coached, been fortunate to coach um i'm gonna think about this now i've coached one mr one mr basketball for sure and three runners up and the one runner up or i'm sorry two runners up and one third and the one that was third was the aj graves year where rat aj ratliff won it he beat courtney lee by two votes and he beat aj graves by three 
probably one of the closer votes that didn't result in a tie in the, you know, in the history of the award, but, um, you know, that was an interesting, we didn't have social media back then, but there definitely was internet posts on, on bulletin boards going back and forth on who got screwed and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And it just anytime you get a tight race, you get that. Yep. You remember any situation like that where a guy lost in a close ballot and it just, did you ever think, did you ever think somebody got screwed? <laughs> oh, I'm sure a few times here and there, but nothing major like Mr. Basketball or anything. Right. Well, that's what I mean. You, did you ever think that somebody got screwed? I'm not trying to out you. I, I'm sure when I was, a, when I was younger, I thought that, but then you start to understand. Yeah. The logistics the of elections. A little more and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, of course, social media enhances our access to that stuff. You know, we see it. It's readily available. People who are willing to complain. Yep. All right. By the way, so 1969, George McGinnis won Mr. Basketball in Indianapolis, Washington. Okay. Probably one of the top five players in the history of the sport, at least out of Indiana, high school-wise. Uh, he was sandwiched by Billy and David Shepard, so both Carmel guys, but I'm talking about Marion County. Nobody else from Marion County won the award from 1969 until 1995. So 26 years. Jeez. In between Marion County winners. Since then, there have been, well, more. One, two, you get Gardner, Jason Gardner, North, North Central. Chris Thomas at Pike, Justin Cage at Pike, Ratliff at North Central, as we talked about, Odin from Lawrence North, Gordon from North Central. That's all in the 2000s. Uh, the, this last decade, it was Trey Lyles at Tech, Kyle Guy, LC, Chris Wilkes at North Central. Okay. So that's what it's been for Marion County. Now you throw in guys like Trace Jackson Davis, you throw in Gary Harris, Zach Irvin. You throw in the Shepherds back in the late 60s and early 70s. You throw in Tom Coverdale in 1998. Now you're, you are getting guys that are definitely covered by the Indianapolis Star. But as far as Marion County winners, I mean, it was nothing for 26 years. So it was definitely not a Marion County award. And then, of course, you look at what's happened since you look at what's happened. Most of that has been during the class basketball era. And even as people complain, the thing you also have to understand is that there have been a ton of Marion County schools and definitely Indianapolis area schools that have won state championships. So it makes sense that the best players are going to come from the, the best teams. Right. And we've just got a bigger concentration of those teams understandably in this area but that sort of dispels that rumor and and i don't know that the process has changed that much certainly the mechanism to to determine it has changed because now everything's voted online and i have no idea how many people have votes i just know that i have one and i know people will text and ask me their ask for my opinion but you know, that's 
I tell them who I vote for. I just don't ever tell them why. I mean, not that it, they'll have their own reasons. So, yeah. <laughs> so who are the leading candidates? You, I'll let you lead off. I mean, we, there's some obvious ones. I mean, there's two obvious ones, but go ahead and start us off on, on who the obvious ones are. I've talked enough. Yeah. So I broke down my list a little bit starting closest to me. Around my yeah. Let's area. do that. Yeah. Do, North, do Northern do Indiana whole, and such. Do a big bulk of your list. Then we'll, then I'll. All right. All right, so I started here with right here in South Bend. Obviously, Blake Wesley is going to be on my list along with J.R. Konezgi, uh, two South Bend guys. Uh, we talked about this a little before the show about stealing votes from each other, and I think this is going to be probably a situation where that could potentially happen. Yep. Uh, uh, then I moved over to the region area. Uh, Chris Mann is Kyle Ross and Krishan Christmas, actually. I, Christmas is kind of a sleeper for me coming back to – to uh, Gary uh, from prep school, come back healthy, hopefully too. So I kind of have him as a sleeper for me. I yep. uh, went, went over to the Fort Wayne area, Luke Good and Caleb First were a couple names I came up with over there. Then moving down into the middle part of the state, Brooks Barnheiser, Lafayette Jeff, and Jalen Blackman at Marion. <clears throat> Jalen with, with a big year this year, off injury also. I feel like he could be on that list. Yeah, that um, was one I didn't have for bad person. Go, keep going. Yes, geez. Uh, well, the obvious, obviously, we talked about Trey Kaufman from Southern Indiana area. Right. Uh, Luke Brown then also from Blackford. And my my bigger sleeper pick, I think, uh, DJ Hughes from right yeah. there in Indianapolis is somebody I had on my list as well. You You touched on two things you and I talked a little bit about before we started recording one is the stealing votes concept. And again, it is, this is sheer democracy at its finest. This is one vote. Uh, the, the guy with the most votes wins. And, you know, unfortunately there's no second place. I mean, there is second place, but you get nothing other than the fact you, you just had the second most vote votes. But what happens is, is these sports writers, First of all, most of the sports writers only get a chance to see the teams that they cover. Yep. For obvious reasons. As well as coaches only get to see the teams that they're playing or the teams that play the teams they play. Whether that be through scouting, whether that be through or going to games and scouting or watching watching games now on huddle. I assume every now and then they'll, they'll leak out and they'll go to Hall of Fame or they'll go to the tip-off classic at Southport. They'll go to events like that on their off time. But really, most of these guys, if they're not scouting, they're probably not going to a lot of games. Yeah. And, the, and they're always finding ways to scout, you know, different ways to scout. Because somebody they're playing is always playing, it seems like. So their vote gets compartmentalized oftentimes by voting for guys in their area. Like say if you're in Southeast Indiana, you know, there's two names that are you know going to dominate the conversation, maybe a third name, you know, it's going to be Trey Kaufman. It's going to be Cooper Jacoby and, and maybe, you know, Langdon Hatton will get a chance to, to get in there and get some votes. Yeah. And the, the guys that are going to do that, and the people who vote are media and coaches. 
and I know there's some past coaches that still have a vote. There's guys that are part of the IBCA that still have a coach. The IBCA is Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. I have a vote. We're going to work on you getting a vote. You don't have a vote, do you? No. No, we'll work on you getting a vote. <clears throat> that won't be difficult um, because you've got we've got a full year of this, uh, at least from the writing perspective, and and almost a full year of podcasting. So that won't be difficult. But the guys that see, you know. I think Eric Gardner has a vote. I think Trevor Andershock has a vote. If not, they should. And but it's those guys and me. It's guys like me and you and and Trevor and and Eric. And I'm sure I'm missing some. The guys that help Trevor and Eric, Jeff Shanley, who helps Trevor. There's a couple of guys that help Eric that kind of changes from year to year. Those dudes are the ones, along with me and you, that go to other games. Yeah, and we see everybody. You know, and I'm not. I'm not saying when I'm not even remotely saying that we, that those are the only types of people that should get votes. But what I'm saying is, is the vote gets compartmentalized based on your sphere. And in our cases, our sphere is the whole state. And in a lot of cases, the sphere for high school coaches and for media people like traditional media people that cover, you know, that work for newspapers are just the teams they cover and the teams they play. Um, so it becomes compartmentalized. So what you do have is you have South Bend, Mishawaka, Elkhart area people, you know, that are going to vote, you know, J.R. Kaski and Blake Wesley are by far the, you know, the, those two guys are going to get a lot of, you know, a lot of consideration for votes. Would one of them have a chance if the other one wasn't around? Uh, they would definitely have a better chance. Yeah. If the other one wasn't around. Um. You know, Chris Mantis, I've got my list broken down a little bit differently than you do. For me, the two biggest contenders are Trey Kaufman and Caleb first. Is there anybody else we need to throw in that range? Uh, I don't know. I just feel like Blake is going to have a solid year. Luke Brown just scores a bunch of points. I, those yep. two guys I feel like could be in the mix a little bit. Okay, so let's let's do a Blake Wesley, or or even Jr. Jr. is going Notre Dame. Yep. Blake is what down to five teams or six? Six teams. Yep. One of whom is Purdue, or one of which is Purdue, one of which is Notre South or Notre Dame. Also, there's no Indiana guys this year. That's that's the third thing is if you go to IU, you're going to win the award. Well, maybe but that usually tends to mean just like Purdue and Notre Dame that you're really damn good. And don't forget Christian Lander would be part of this mix and probably would soak up a, almost all of the Southwest Indiana votes if he would have stayed in this class and not left early. Um, you know, so that would have been interesting to see where his votes go because there's going to be a, a whole area of Southwest Indiana that is going to have Blake Sisley, Colson Montgomery, and to some extent, Brandon Hope or Kurt Hope. Sorry. Kurt, Kurt yep. I got, I missed the generation there. You know, will those guys capture any of those Southwest Indiana votes? The, the answer is they will. If nothing else, out of loyalty, if nothing else, out of regionalism and 
playing favorites, which there's nothing wrong with that because these kids, I, I maintain anybody that gets a vote deserves to get a vote. I don't think anybody's so frivolous that they're just throwing votes around out there for some random kid who may or may not be good enough. I mean, Blake Sisley gets votes. You know, he, he deserves every single one of them. You know, Colson Montgomery is going to soak up a lot of votes. There's a lot of people that think he's the best player in Southwest Indiana. And, you know, he would be a kid that would be playing Division One basketball at, at a mid-plus, at a mid-major level for sure if he'd have focused on basketball. So how many votes are they going to soak up? How many votes is Lincoln Hale going to soak up at Linton? They go back to state finals again. The presumptive top team in 2A last year, well, that may not be true. Blackhawk was 2A, right? Yeah. Well, they definitely were going to get back, presumptive favorite to get back to the finals. So that would have been three straight years of, if they get back to this year, that'd be three straight years of getting to the finals. Um, but, you know, will Hale get any votes? Who does that take, you know, who does that take votes away from? I don't think Hale's going to win it. I don't think Sisley and, and Montgomery have a shot of winning it. Maybe if one of them wasn't around and and one person could just soak up all the Southwest Indiana votes, perhaps. But I think a lot of those guys, too, will then also look across 64, Interstate 64, and throw their vote to Drake Hoffman. So how many votes from Southwest Indiana can he steal to get over the top of first? You know, will Kaneski and Blake take away votes from first? I mean, I view first and Kaufman as the top two guys. Yeah. I, I don't know that the only way they won't – I think those two will, will have a considerable gap underneath them. The only way they won't is if LN just runs the table – which is, you know, I don't think they're going to do. I mean, they're, I mean, they're going to be really good. Don't get me wrong. I, but I mean, I'm talking like Odin and Conley days, where every game there was just no way they were losing, even though they did that group did lose some games. But, but you you went into every game last year, Lawrence North, or during the Odin Conley years, where they were just absolutely the favorite. I don't think this year's team is that way. Although they, you know, if they went undefeated, it wouldn't be inconceivable. So DJ Hughes starts pulling some votes. Does Shamar Avance take away any votes? Because I think most of us see him as the catalyst of that team. I know Kyle or Caleb Lynn and JD Hall. Um, as much as they talked about DJ, they loved Shamar because they loved how he was a leader. He was vocal. Yep. He makes good decisions, you know, and. And I mean, DJ is going to Butler DJ, you know, but there's no shame in voting. There's definitely no shame in voting for Shamar Avance. But then does anybody walk out of a Lawrence North game who, who has a vote? And when it, when the time comes to cast a vote, think, well, Hey, I think CJ gun might be their best player and then not give them a vote. I know that aspect of it is, Interesting. I, I think Kaufman and first are to me are the top two. I think there's going to be a big gap. I know I'm repeating myself. But then will Blake, Wesley, and J.R. Kaneski take away votes from first? All right. Will Chris yeah. Mantis take away votes from first? 
if and will that then help Kaufman you know get over the hump um, I don't know I've got we know Luke Good scores a bunch or I mean sorry uh, Luke Brown scores a bunch of points but does does winning team go into consideration for a lot of these voters also yeah it does for me yeah but I mean Brown Luke they win at Blackford they won at Blackford sure. like they've never won at Blackford it's been right. I mean in the late 70s Blackford won sectionals and and you know they were good yeah, they weren't tough sectionals. Well, I in my mind they weren't tough sectionals. I was seven and eight years old, but Carmel would get to the regionals at, at Anderson, and and Blackford would be there. So I just always assumed they're really good. I yeah. didn't understand big school, small school stuff back then. Um, and and you you inadvertently said Luke Good. I mean, he's going to take away votes from first. I mean, first is going to have three guys, especially though Good, Kaneski, and, and Wesley. Yeah, that challenge him for votes. Yeah, legitimately so. And will that will that tip tip the tide over to to Kaufman? You know, if Cooper Jacoby wasn't on Silver Creek and he was putting up humongous numbers, I still think Kaufman would 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 get the vote. But there'd still be guys that would vote for Cooper. You know, just because they love how he plays. Right. You know, and he and he's still going to get votes. I mean, Hatton's going to get votes. I don't think Hatton will get enough votes to dent Kaufman's chances to win. But if it's close, every vote counts. You know, if it's a three or four, three or four vote difference and Kaufman and Hatton gets five votes. You know, school coach votes for him. The guy at the local paper votes for him. He goes out and has a huge game against Corrin or somebody in the area. That guy votes for him. Say he gets three votes just right there. Um, yep. He's, you know, and the Kaufman loses by two. There's your votes. You know? yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a loaded class. It, it's how many names we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, t- 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. We've not said Jaden Taylor yet. Yep. I've got 16 names written. You added two others that I, three others that I didn't have Kyle Ross, Krishan Christmas, and I did not have Jalen Blackman. Jalen Blackman should have been on my list because I've got four guys that I think Blackman included now that I think are going to get votes just because they're going to have monster years. And that's Chris Manis, who you've already talked about, Brooks Barnheiser, who you've touched on, and Luke Brown, who you've already talked about. And then Jalen Blackman's going to be right there especially with Ely, not Ely, um, Jones having left to go to prep school. Uh, You know, Barnheiser has, is going to stuff every, every game he's going to stuff stat sheets because he's, he's a hell of a passer too. So he's going to probably have four or five assists a game, you know, because they still got a couple of other guys in that team that can score. But he is going to put up a ton, a truckload of numbers. Yep, a bunch of rebounds. But he's going to he rebounds well. I think Manis is going to be in the same position. Yep. Luke Brown's going to be one of the state leaders in assists. He's going to suck up some votes in that area. You know, Blackman's going to get a couple, if not more. I mean, I I don't mean to you know, you know, I don't mean to make that sound like it's a negative thing, but he's definitely going to get votes. 
you know, the, the Hughes-Avance deal, that you know, watching just the Fall League games and seeing seeing how they both play, there, there's going to be times where people leave that gym really, really impressed with Shamar. Well, for sure. And you know they're gonna be they're gonna be impressed with DJ too because he he plays so hard. But you only get to vote for one of them. You know, and if you're going in, you're you're the Indy area guy, and you're it's not fair. Ned and Rip sees more more people play than than most of the other sports writers, but because he's basically just covering boys basketball. But he. You know, I don't know who I don't know how to what I would say to um, you know the guy that God, I'm going to forget his name now. Rich Hall, the guy who covers Hamilton County, he's going to see Ellen a lot because Ellen plays HSC. They play Carmel, they play Fishers, they play you know they might play Westfield, or so he's going to see some of those dudes. And Carmel doesn't have really doesn't really have a senior who will garner. Mr. Basketball consideration. No offense to Waddell. Um, HSC doesn't really have a senior that I'm, unless I'm missing somebody. You know, so Rich probably will be thinking, hey, man, the best players I've seen all year are DJ Hughes and Shamar Avans. You know, or maybe the best player I've seen, you know, North Central does, isn't going to really have a senior that cracks the cracks it. Um. You know, he may think the best guys he's seen all year is DJ Hughes, you know, or Shamar Avance. Maybe Avance had great games, and when he watched him, and he's like, Avance is better. Sure. Hey, do you think Pierce takes any votes? Oh, shit. Excuse me. I didn't even mention Pierce yet. <laughs> I, you know, and Brownsburg could end up having the best record out of all those teams just because of – if they get any outside shooting, they're going to be trouble. And Pierce is an improved outside shooter, but I mean, as far as anybody else outside of that, I mean, yeah, Pierce has got to be on that list. Pierce is definitely going to get votes. You know, and he's going to get a lot of highlight reels too. Yes, definitely. (laughs) I mean, he leaps off the freaking page. He leaps off your TV. He's that athletic. Yep. Him and and Wesley. But the Indianapolis area people are going to see – I mean, if we're going to every Friday and Saturday night, we're going to see a Pierce Thomas dunk. You know, and he's going to have 20 points and, and he'll have assist. He'll have good assist numbers. You know, he'll have good rebound numbers. You know, so he's going to get the attention of those guys in the area that can't see them play because they have to, they're covering somebody else's team. But every time you look up, there's going to be a Pierce Thomas dunk on TV, you know, or a big shot by Pierce. Yep. And you're going to have the same thing with Hughes. You're going to have the same thing with Jaden Taylor. Um, God, I feel bad for not mentioning Pierce. Talk about a kid I've known for a long time. Yeah, I don't. So it's, I mean, it's a good problem to have. There's a lot of good kids in this class. Who's your third best? Give me your third best. You got to pick one. Uh, I'll go with Blake. Wesley? Yep. You know, and that's where winning will games won, you know, record will have an you know, will have an issue. Yeah, you know, will be at play. I think some people do take that into consideration. 
And, you know, I, I feel sorry for the kid. He's had, what, four coaches in four years? Yeah. Am I wrong? With it? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Brain was only there a year. Yeah. And the guy that was there last year is not there. I don't even not know who. There. Oh, yeah. uh, Andre Owens. Yeah, I don't know Andre. if it's the same. It's not the same Andre Owens that played at IU, is it? No. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. But, you know, Alex Daniel being the head coach there now, I mean, that's that's Blake's fourth coach coach in four years. You know, that, that has nothing to do with his individual performance, but, I mean, they were team. close to a 500 team. Was it last year or two years ago? Uh, two years ago, maybe. You looked that up. For I me. looked that up, yeah. I think he's going to be up on that list for sure. Yeah. And and I, Luke Brown, probably not far behind just because of all the scoring Luke does. Luke's so incredible at scoring. And he gets a lot of positive press too. And he, you know, yeah. understandably so. See, I think my number three will be, I mean, I think Kaufman will win it. I mean, if we're going to do like a confidence scale, which we might try to do this year on the site, if I can figure out some way to make it look snazzy, <laughs> as opposed to just like a list of names, we may have like a confidence scale where, and right now I would say Kaufman is my number one. And then I think first would be my number two, but I think maybe Hughes would be three. And I think, I think if Luke Brown had gone to an Indiana school, he would be in the 3-4 range. Yeah, that's crazy. And Wesley's college decision may play a role in some of that. You know, again, these are individuals who are very subjective. Yeah. You know, and they like the – there is there are no criteria. The only, only criteria is you have to be a senior. That's it. You know, now they get down to like a finalist, like a final five. But at the same time, before that, there is no criteria for voting other than you got to be a senior. The list is long. And it's the same list for the all-star team, but it's, you know, it's a long list. And so there is some narrative to this. If Blake Wesley's going to Notre Dame, then he maybe picks up some votes just because of that. Right. The South Bend kids staying home to play. But then he's battling Kineski for the same thing. Yeah. So they cancel each other out. They could. They were instead of Riley was Riley was 12 and 11 last year. Yeah. I mean, and so winning will play a role. It does for me. And again, that may not be fair to Blake just because again, that's where the new coach every year comes into play. Yep. You know, a new coach can make a big difference, but a new coach also has to get through the fact that there's no familiarity. You know, there's no system in place. Well, there there may be now because of fall workouts, but but there's no system in place that's been tested against an opponent. And if you play a good school, you know, if you play a good schedule, you could pick up a bunch of losses and still be really good. Look at Merrillville last year. How they do in the state tournament will will tip will be a tipping point for some of the voters. 
I don't tend, I, I don't tend to care as far as, you know, I, I tend to make up my mind when the season is over. Cause there was a time that's when the votes had to be in. So I just always kind of felt that way, but. I also know some, not all kids have tough paths through sectionals. Right. Like they do around here. I'm not, I'm not going to blame. I wasn't blaming Dominique James or Josh McRoberts for not winning a sectional with the gauntlets they had to go through. You know, that was back when, I mean, McRoberts would have had to have gone through well, North Central and Pike and to get out of sectional. Of course, we got beat by Broad Ripple one year. George Hill, <laughs> you know. And yeah. then, boom, you turn around and face Lawrence North in the regional. Gauntlet. You know, and it's no different when Dominique was going at Richmond going through their sectional. My Muncie Central was – Went to two straight state championship games. Anderson was ranked number one for a time. Uh, Newcastle was good. That's when they were putting kids in the Butler. I don't know if that was their sectional, if Newcastle was in there or not. I, I kind of think it was, but I'm not, I know Muncie Central and Anderson were at a time when those guys were really good. So, you know, some of that does come into play. Team success, to me, it should. Yeah. But I look at it from a seasonal standpoint. You know, but Luke Brown, they've scheduled up a little bit. Lafayette Jeff plays a good schedule. I'm looking at some of these guys that will have stats. Lowell will probably play a lot of the same guys they play every year. Um, see, for me, my third guy I think will end up being Hughes. And I would think that maybe even J.R. Kaneski will get more votes than Blake. Okay. Just a thought. I have no real reason why other than. <laughs> um, any sleep? Well, you, you've named a lot more guys than I did. Any sleepers to get votes? Uh, yeah, like I said, Christmas. Christian Christmas, just because he's back. Many people might not be familiar with him, but if he has a good season this year, I mean, he's playing with some tough dudes too, though. Jalen Washington, obviously, and Kamari Peterson. Yeah, I, so that, that yeah, I think he's going to get – yeah, no yeah, no indifference to him. I think he's going to get overshadowed Yeah, a lot. You know, I'm not even sure that – I mean, Jalen Washington, if he's, if he's healthy, he's going to – I mean, he's not – I don't think he's going to go out and be the next Sean Kemp but he's going to go out and have a good year. And I think Peterson ends up being the guy that, that um, I think Peterson ends up being the guy that, that is their, their catalyst, their leader. Sure. Not, not that he's a senior, not that Deontay Davis is a senior at Warren. I, I think that's, I had the same view of Kamari Peterson that I do with Malik Stanley. You know, Warren central is going to be really good. And I think Malik will will still be their guy that that makes you know the game winning you know the game winning shot the game winning play down the stretch if it's tight and but that's not a great comparison because Deontay's not a senior but 
but I think Peterson up at Gary West ends up being their 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 go to guy. Um, yeah, to me the two guys that I think sleepers for votes are Shamar Vance at LN, and then Langdon Hatton at North Harrison. Those are the those are the two dudes that I think will just sneak in and get some votes. And if it's a close contest, could be could be the difference maker. I mean, the guy we've completely undersold is Jalen Taylor or Jaden Taylor. Yeah. And we should I should have had Pierce more prominent. He was um I just don't know how. I mean, I remember when Brownsburg made their run in 2008. I know there was a Zeller, and I know Tyler Zeller won it that year. And but I don't know how much traction Gordon Hayward and Julian Mavunga got. I'd have to ask Julian. But I don't remember how much traction they got in terms of Mr. Basketball votes. I'll be curious to see if Pierce if, – I mean, if Brownsburg goes out and just has an outstanding year, I can see Pierce snagging some votes. Definitely. Um, but right now, most of the talk around Indianapolis is LN, and, and understandably, LN and Warren. Um, and in, in DJ's case, that helps him get that'll help him get recognition for votes and. And then who knows? Shamar may take a couple of them. <laughs> so that's the interesting aspect of of the of Mr. Basketball voting. So is that it? It does tend to be. It does tend to be regional. So yeah. Um. Anybody else we need to talk about? Any other subjects? I don't think at this time. I didn't have anything else really to get we into. Don't, we don't have any um, update on Jalen Brewer yet. I, and I haven't seen it. I, I know now that we're doing, I mean, we're doing this, we're recording this at what? It's 5.50 right now, Sunday night. I know as soon as we hit, as soon as we're done, we'll, we'll get more offers. We'll probably get some kid commit and then we'll, there'll <laughs> yep. be some ruling. And now that we moved it to Sunday night, back to Sunday night, and not Monday, probably tomorrow night they'll have a ruling, and we won't have, we won't get to talk about it for a week. But um, yeah, I think we've we've nailed most of it. I'm looking down our player list. Connor Hickman's going to be injured much of the year. Javon Small is transferred out. I mean, I think Gutch Etchison will get some votes. Yeah. I mean, he may get an area vote, especially. Um, Isaiah Swope down at Castle could get some Southwest Indiana votes. Looking looking at our positions here. I mean, Jake Heiderbreeder could get votes down in Southeast Indiana. Corin Davis, depending on what kind of year Bowman have, if they can have a long run. I could see someone giving Brody Whitaker a vote. Um, looking at some of our lists here that we've been working with. 
you know, Owen Deese may get a vote down in Southwest Indiana. Almost done here. One more position, two more positions. We talked about hope. I don't know if anybody in the city snags a vote in Indy. I mean, Jalen Carson, you know, it, as far as seniors go, I mean, Evan Altman is going to have a really good year at Brebuff. I don't know if that gets him a Mr. Basketball vote. I don't know if a lot of guys know much about him. Um, Senior-wise or center-wise, you know, does somebody in, in eastern Indiana put up a vote for Peyton Sparks? You know, I don't know. But I think we've covered most of it. I, I like I like considering how the vote gets split up. Yeah. We'll talk to us a little bit about Box Out Sports, one of our, our sponsor. Only our only sponsor right now because the fall league is over. Yeah, Box Out Sports, leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes for the season. Sign up for free a free demo right now at boxoutsports.com. I've been using a lot of that stuff here. Yes. Uh, throughout the weeks, doing some different lists and stuff, messing around with that. Just kind of fun to to do some things on there and highlight kids in a different way. Yeah, I, I do like how that looks, and I it's it's good that you're doing that. I'm still trying to work on code functions for handling stats and rosters. So we'll, we'll get we're going to get the roster aspect of it done for sure. The stats part will be is the is the sticking point right now. So that's what I've been that's what I did the last half of last week, and we'll be working on this week for the website. So as always courtside Indiana podcast is on Apple podcasts and Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You could subscribe to the podcast via each of those apps or any of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. Well, Zach, uh, anything else? I mean, I think we've covered all of everything and looking I don't think forward so. to practices starting Monday or starting tomorrow. Yep. Yep. I'm going to try to get out to a one or two this week, I think, here in town. Not fully sure what we're going to do yet next week as far as podcast goes. I mean, but I don't know if we should split up our class previews or try to put them all in one. That would make for a very long podcast. I don't know. Maybe that's something we record at different times during the during the week and then, then sort of uh, stitch it together. Um, but we're definitely going to have those those that content before the season starts, and and I don't know. If, I think we're getting close to. I mean, we are we're getting close to season, so that's I'm excited. So, unless you got anything else, Zach, we'll we'll head out. All right, sounds good. I'm ready. All right, great show, and you guys listening at home, we really appreciate it. Talk to you guys next week.